Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Need help creating the online business you've been dreaming about? Well, it's a good thing you're here because that's exactly what we're going to help you with. Hi, I'm Sarah Jansel, a friend and colleague of Sylvie's. I have over 20 years helping build and grow businesses, and today I help people do that on Shopify. If you want to build an online store, redesign one you have, set up email marketing, or just need some coaching or custom work, we can help you with that. Our goal is to help you sell more of the amazing products and services that you want to share with the world. I believe the world would be a better place if more people could build awesome businesses they love. So to help you get started with yours today, you're going to save $150 off a new store or a redesigned store. It's available for a limited time only. And all you have to do to take advantage of this is pop over to www.jancelandco.com slash services. That's J-A-N-S-E-L-A-N-D.co slash services. And let us know you heard this amazing podcast to get your quote and $150 off today. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dao here sitting in Chelsea, Quebec, Canada. And we have Stefan Hendrick sitting in Germany. And this guy I found on Instagram where I found a lot of my interesting guests. And what he, what drew me to his profile was this, okay, by the way, if you're listening to this, try and switch over to YouTube because this is going to be a really visually um, stimulating episode because of what he does. He does robotics and he has prototyped, not designed and made this bike. This is a Infinity Beach and City Cruiser. You have to see this. Um, it's on our Instagram. Uh, Stefan has graciously come on here and I asked him to come on and talk about this bike. So here's a little bit about Stefan before we bring him out to talk about what he's created robotically. So bear with me, everyone. (laughs) His intro is pretty intense. um, And so here it goes. So Stefan Hendrick's work is located at the sector of architectural narrative Uh, narration, design, and robotics. He runs his design studio with robot, with robo, robo, rob, (laughs) robo lab in Strathgoud. Stefan is developing robotic processes, automizing and production of architectonic structures. You have to go see his Instagram page. He is specialized in design for additive 
manufacturing. Stefan has won multiple innovative awards and has been in numerous productions, uh, publications. And I am so honored. Uh, we were talking about everything that he's doing in the background, like for his business. And I'm really honored to have him on as a guest on the podcast to talk about his work. Welcome to the podcast, Stefan. Hi, Sylvie. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, of course, the printer is right behind me. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Like, I am so happy to have you here. There we go. I'll just shut the power right off. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Okay. So, um, Stefan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I cannot wait to dive into your background. Yeah, uh, I thank you again for the invitation. Yeah, um, thanks for the introduction as well. <laughs> thank you. So I always love to get started with how did you get into cycling? Because I'm I'm really excited that I wasn't sure if Stefan had a cycling background because of the bike design, but apparently he does have quite a cycling background. So how did you get into cycling and how did it lead you to robotics and to this design? Uh, well, how did I go uh, get into cycling? I would say um, in the yeah, early 90s, uh, when I was um, first joining a, uh, a group of, um, it was an afternoon group with, uh, with children of, uh, of my age and uh, this guy leading the group, he had the idea to uh, to do a mountain bike um, afternoon on Tuesday. Yeah. Every Tuesday, we were mountain biking in the, in the forest of uh, Koblenz, my hometown in Germany. And uh, and there we had our uh, mountain bikes with 21 gears and we were all very proud. We can go up the hills and down the hills and stuff. <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, and I'm, uh, I was catching fire and I was doing this on and on and on and uh, um, touch base with the local bicycle stores, met other people who were um, willing to, to go to races with me. And so I found myself cross-country racing um, at the age of, I don't know, 15, 16, uh, until the age of 18, maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I did uh, cross-country racing uh, in Germany, uh, Grundig Cup was one famous race a bicycle uh, series, and um, yeah, that that was my start. So, and this uh, this was going on until I discovered BMX, um, <laughs> Flatland BMX. Uh, also through some guys in in Koblenz, Frank Lukas, he became a very famous uh, rider. Uh, he's now still a, a UCI judge, so judging Flatland uh, contests and all over the world and um and we were riding together and uh, I, i'm still yeah riding from time to time with my little son uh oh yeah. no it's now it's just for yeah it always has been for fun but now it's yeah pure fun and recreation and uh yeah right tomorrow i will go cycling again with, uh, with friends uh, in the alps and uh yeah, so it's, I, I, I never really stopped cycling. But actually, when you when you when you say how cycling can lead to something robotic, maybe it was through this BMX thing, through this flatland BMX oh. thing. There you re really have to think, um, yeah, in a um, how to say in a, in a 
in a choreography of uh, of moving parts yourself you're moving the, yeah. the front wheel is moving and the back of the bicycle is moving and when i'm here then the bike is there and um, how can balance be managed and and this is uh, actually a bit comparable i would say and uh, and uh, maybe that's maybe that's why <laughs> or part huh. of <laughs> Well, certainly we do talk about the whole body connection with our bikes, but I'm glad to hear you said that you are moving on into gravel and you're going to France to do some riding there. That's exciting. I didn't think there yeah, was that much yeah, yeah. gravel around. I guess there must. All those uh, unpaved roads. I've, yeah, yeah, you can hear of plenty of unpaved roads, of course. Yeah. But, so it's... Um, yeah no no it's, it's it's very possible to to spend days only on unpaved roads from time to time of course you have um, you have streets and you've you trade mm. on with the cars but uh, it still remained my uh, my favorite uh, kind uh. of life so uh, it's, it's a bit like mountain biking but not uh, with these um, uh, too too rough terrain but uh, yeah or, uh, for a guy with family with a family who doesn't want to hurt himself it's perfect <laughs> yeah i would say i just got into gravel myself and i'm finding it um I, and i used to mountain bike too mm -hmm. um and i rode bike so i find that gravel is a great medium in between the mountain and the road and it just makes me crazy when i go on there because i just love it so much so how did you come to um get into robotics like schooling and where did you go to school for this because it takes a certain mind to put the put to put these pro like well robotics together like the projects the the designs yeah um yeah how to say i where to start i, I studied architecture in, okay. in god in germany and also in, in france and in paris and um, early on, I think second semester, I um, I uh, yeah, find a way to express my interest in, in robotics in a in a rather basic way, but in a funny way or an ironic way or uh, uh, yeah, in an artistic way, if you want. Uh -huh. And um, and why did I do that? Maybe I, I discovered that I, I rather should be a designer than an architect. Uh, maybe I was missing moving objects in, in architecture and in architecture it's a bo it's a door or it's a window that moves uh, hopefully <laughs> or otherwise uh, uh, maybe in an earthquake or something <laughs> yeah you got a good point there and um, yeah and and so every semester i i managed to to get something robotic if you want in my uh, in my work and then i um, i went to france for this um for, for for two semester and there I discovered this guy uh, or, or an office uh, RNSIE. Uh, they yeah they have been working on robotic concept or they had one uh, project at this time uh, exploring robotics concept in construction and architecture. Um, yeah. it's, it was in two thousand and four and it was really avant garde and uh, and still is um, and still led to many ideas that people now are uh, actually uh, realizing. And um, I was on the right spot in the right time and uh, mm. figured out that people actually also like what I liked in, in, um, 
in, in this uh, in this work and uh, uh, yeah and from from this moment on um, it developed in something that that became a that became a practice that um, yeah that I'm still that I'm still doing uh, teaching from time to time and um, yeah. So I guess when your interest in robotics started, this was like pre-Google, like pre-YouTube, pre-like the internet. So you really did have to find someone that was into robotics. Like you said, being at the right place at the right time. And now, because I just think of like I, I like I have kids too, and you know, they they watch some of these, you know, robot uh wars have you ever seen those like okay. kids make the their robotics and they go go uh and they duel it out i mean i know that's not kind of what you're doing but it's it's kind of like the age now yeah it's more mainstream like there's more things that you can research so how did you get started on that like was it like in the 90s pre it was um we are 1999 to, to my first serious uh, thing in the at university was in 90 no in uh, 2003 okay. and there actually had to, as a um, yeah a little bit of advice by a friend also writing flatland bmx and he was a mechanical engineer and uh, okay. i showed him the concept and he was saying oh this is uh, linked to this robotic concept parallel robotics or, or whatever it was and um oh. and there I, I discovered oh okay it's uh, it's not it's not uh, complete nonsense but um yeah could be done if you are if you're open-minded and if you if you like to take risks and if you um yeah use your imagination and uh, yeah that that was maybe maybe the beginning yeah. it also won a a little prize in a student competition so uh, i was more motivated afterwards <laughs> right so then you said that you did some schooling in the u.s right yeah and so where where were you for that and was oh. that completely robotic oh it was in the uh, architectural department each time okay. so it was in in the architecture architectural department at uh, usc in uh, los angeles there was three semesters and uh, uh, at upenn i was one semester and so in philadelphia then in ithaca and um uh, oh wow cornell university and and then also in austria and it was always about robotic concepts um yeah robotic concepts and concepts in, in architecture wow that's a great breadth of different like one semester in each university which gives you a really good it's good gives you an overview if you want yes it's really yeah good. You're living as a as a guest, uh, you, yeah, yeah. You go there and then next semester, you come back or you're not you're not coming back, and um, <laughs> it's, it's never boring. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So, how did you get into the like once you graduated? How did you get into the business? Because you have a lot of um, a lot of companies, a lot of clients that you work for to create different robotic projects. How did that whole, um, how did you get into that? So you get your first, uh, your first client or your first job or how did that work? Um, well, this one uh, office I was working with in Paris, I started working with them during my studies and, um, okay. and 
continued working together during almost a decade. And, um, but otherwise I worked with Festo uh, Bionics. So they do, um, they have a, they call it a Festo Bionic Learning Network. They are, I think they're famous uh, all over the world for their um, bionic animals. It's robotic animals. They look like a, like, like a, like what? Like the dogs? Not not really a dog, but they had a spider. They had a oh, I can see that a bird. They had had now also a um, um, a bat even, and uh, well, some yeah. some flying animals, but oh, a kangaroo as well. Oh. Uh, you, you have to check them out. It's fantastic. And uh, what are they? Festo. The name of the company is Festo. F E S T O. And okay. uh, the department is Festo corporate bionics and they have this um, program called Festo Bionic Learning Network and um, in this constellation they work with uh, external partners like like I became one um, yeah. To, yeah, to explore uh, to explore what is possible in robotics uh, uh, linked to bionics and uh, uh, yeah, how got I into this we had we had the same prototyping guy I've, um, I worked with a, with a prototyping guy and the Festo Bionics people, they also used this prototyping guy. Oh. Christoph Altekamp, a fantastic prototyper in, here in Stuttgart. He was working on the, I'm not sure, the kangaroo maybe. And uh, and he told me, ah, the stuff you're doing, you have to uh, know the Festo people. And then um, he called them and I met them. And then we, yeah, we worked for one and a half years together on a... Uh, yeah, on a, we called it the 3D Kokuna. It's like a 3D printing system mounted on a robot, a, a nozzle that is uh, actually drawing 3D um, in, in, in space. So it's not... Um, what? So normal 3D printing uh, logic is, if you want, not really 3D, but 2.5D. So you have a layer, um, you draw your your lines uh, or an outline of an object and then the next layer starts and it's always two and a half D. And uh, in this system, you have something else. You have um, fiber reinforced um, um, yeah, bars that uh, that you really draw from bottom up in the yeah, in the air, so in, in, in Z direction. And uh, I think this is almost for the first time that uh, 3D printing was, was uh, realized in in this way and with an end endless fiber um, reinforcement. I also was thinking maybe could be interesting for the bicycle industry, but uh, I haven't uh, pushed this, this idea yet. <laughs> you know what I was reading that some of the, some of the track cyclists have 3D aero bars created for them because they can make them so specific yeah, for yeah. their own geometry like measurements and everything. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, what? You're, you're on a 3D handlebar. I was just like, how can that be strong enough? Yeah, but I guess it is. For metal, it's, uh, I think a metal is not a problem. You have titanium, you have all yeah. uh, different kinds of aluminum. And uh, so it's, uh, it's fillable. Um, yeah, you can even save, uh, the, the, the construction technology, um, design technology there, you can save weight uh, as well. Yes, yeah, uh, light. So ergonomically, it's um, it's favorable to, um, you can 
you can design for for the for the very cyclist. Uh, yes, your handlebar would look different from mine. My handlebar, everything. Yeah. Probably, so and cool. angles and and measurements and yeah. so it can be created fairly quickly right because yeah. so i i was just reading an article um about some track cyclists that had 3d created handlebars for mm -hmm. them yeah but there's like serial what? production going on this um what is it is that the specialized saddle that is 3d printed with these lettuce? no really uh, um let this structure thing there that's super lightweight and um i wonder if it's comfortable though so. <laughs> <laughs> no padding on that that's for sure so uh so let's talk about um your design your bike you have a little prototype there bring it out yeah yeah the model it's a, it's a little model. model oh my god okay so this is uh, i thought it was created because obviously when you look at it, it's like you know you see the the run through and the does it actually run Do, can you pedal no, no not, i guess not, not. not this one. It's just, <laughs> so no, stefan yeah he's in the process so, so this is the model of the bike and you can see it on um our thumbnail it'll be there uh but it's in the process of being created so talk about how you put this together, put this bike together, like the thought process around yeah. this. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, what can I if say? If you want to hold it and talk to it, like, because yeah, so, I've got the picture in front of me, I'm like, wow. So the, init the initial idea was um, how to get an all-wheel drive into a bicycle. An all-wheel drive into a bicycle. Concepts, okay. concepts existing already for all-wheel drive and bicycles. So if you imagine here a regular fork, sometimes then from the um, from the crankset there's a, a, an additional chain going up here to the to the head tube and then down the fork and then you have a and this is then all linked and you have a front drive as well, additionally to right. your, your oh drive. I saw this and it's uh, ah, it's a bit. It sounds a bit augmented and uh, and yeah, it's ugly. It's uh, <laughs> it's like no, I don't think it works, but I don't think anybody will ride it. <laughs> but uh, but then I thought, yeah, there's something to this idea to have a all-wheel drive because from automobile, we know all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive are pretty good to to um, to have more traction and uh, in rough terrain and. Uh, but also with my BMX background, uh, what if you had a propulsion in your front wheel and you can pedal nose wheelie your way through, uh, <laughs> through the city or stuff like that? It's, yeah. it's an entire set of new tricks that become possible as well. Um, yeah, so I thought, what from what what do I have to delete from a regular bike to become to a genuine um, uh, all-wheel drive? That is not augmented to an existing concept, but um, really integrated from from the bottom up into into the device, and uh, and this is what it looks like. It's um, okay. Uh, hold it's that up there, stuff. We're gonna take a little picture. It's this All right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an it's like an eight or lying eight, laying eight. So it's a, that's why it's called the infinity because the, the right because it's yeah it's like an infinity ring. Yeah. And um, yeah, and of course, if this is this is the same element in this here, it needs uh, if you 
give a propulsion here, then it's um, it's an orbital drive, and uh, yeah, so it's a it's a chain of uh, individual clips that are mounted here. Yeah. So it's not a tire that uh, that goes through. There's no inflation, but it's a. Uh, so it's uh, like a rubber. It's like a rubber um, ring. It's well, the cushioning is not done by by air, but by um, by a, by a. I would call it the flat spring uh, geometry in each segment of the of this uh, of this chain, and then mounted on top there is a is a rubber element. So you have you yeah. still have the grip that you would have with a regular tire. And then it's, yeah, it's just a chain with two degrees of freedom. So one degree of freedom is that it can go like this and then also go like this. So mm -hmm. like a regular bicycle chain, but also you want to steer it. So you want to. Yeah. So somebody on your Instagram asked about steering and then I look really closely at it and I'm like, that's a good question. Yeah. So you have still, you still have something like a fork, right? So here's the steering. Okay. Egg. Yeah. And this is then the frame and this is the fork it looks different but it's it's still a fork and um and how can this this uh this element here the chain the clip chain do the steering yeah. you need an additional degree of freedom in the in the system so not only one which is enabling this and this but also mm -hmm. a second one which is enabling this and this mm -hmm. and this can be done uh by a geometry you have to draw into each each element and uh yeah so, so so you would be able to turn the wheel. Yeah, yeah, of course. A you, little bit. As, um, look here, you have, you have here, the, the, um, the system is guided here. Okay. Oh, here. And okay. Here in between, there's no guidance. Right. And that means okay. that uh, if in this area, you can. Okay. But, yeah, because I was looking more at the handlebars and then yeah. like at the front. I didn't think that it would, yeah, move at like behind the handlebars. Yeah, that's so yeah. Kinda... The steering well, a normal bike you have a steering axle which is sitting here, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it will behave differently from a from a normal mm. bike, of course. And uh, no, but it's it is steerable. And talking about this guiding system, you need to guide this this guy, which is actually becoming a rim in this area. In yeah. This area, and in this area, it's like a it's a tooth belt that has its propulsion by a, a central wheel. Uh huh. This gear here. Yeah. So if you if you're turning the pedals, this guy will move and uh, propels. The oh, I see. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like the drivetrain is right in the middle. Yeah, it's right in the middle. You could put, you could pack it a bit to the front or to the to the back if you want, but it's right in the. The important thing is touching up here and down there. Yes. Uh, in order to to make sure that the front wheel is always the same size and the back wheel is the same size. Oh so, yes. Okay. Up here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I suspect there might be some adjustments once it's. Uh, and created. you want to the guidance, which is uh, which is done here and here. Yes. And yeah. Here, and uh, yeah, and the guidance is uh, you have a you have a suspension system here. Mm-hmm. Estimating that uh, maybe more suspension is needed than in a in a regular bike because this is closer to the ground, maybe. Um, so this this element here will move up, and this will move up as well because here it's linked by a by this bar. Yeah. In the back. So yeah. 
So the guidance is always maintained. It's not. Uh, oh my God. It's so fascinating. Um, so what is your schedule like for getting, for starting the creation of well, this? I'm in the process of uh, drawing the, the, the prototype. So all, all moving parts and, uh, oh, wow. and ordering stuff to, to, <laughs> and normally I would, would have uh, be ready with all that two weeks ago, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah. You you talked about getting parts. Yeah. That's where <laughs> that's where you're gonna have the problems, right? Ah, if it's not bicycle parts, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. I guess so. Um, so when you create it, it's all gonna be steel. Like you're not going to be three D printing any of the parts, are you? Ah, no. For my prototype, it's all three D printed. Or most oh, of the, maybe like the the actual size uh, yeah for the for the the life even, size even for the actual size yeah, yeah it will be it will be 3d printed the first prototype and then uh, then i have okay. to say i think that i go whether for a carbon fiber frame mm -hmm. some of the elements will stay 3d printed or i thought what if um what if these elements are um aluminum cut uh, in, a, in a sheet of um um oh what is it called in english um organoblech <laughs> oh what's that that's um that's like sheet metal but done in uh, carbon fiber so um, oh okay also possible to design something for this uh construction method and no but it's actually not this design anymore this is uh from the time when i uh, when i designed it in 2009 now i have another design which oh. is functionally uh, very, very similar, but it's uh, it's look it's looking differently, more contemporary. In this design, it's looking like a yeah. I have to I have to say it's look it looks like a it looks like a cruiser with the handlebar going here. Yes, and the yeah. Pedals, there are um, BMX pedals, and you have <laughs> also flight uh, solitaire. Saddle and they and they uh what was my role model for this the seat post was a bit uh, is a bit um uh, uh synchros ish <laughs> oh and, yeah <laughs> and this, the model i'm doing now it's um it's more contemporary all over so it's it's still a bicycle it looks like a bicycle but uh it's uh do you have a picture of that i have but i i can't show you yet <laughs> oh damn <laughs> okay i see it's it's we really good <laughs> We have to meet uh, soon in the future to, to do Yes. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. Um, all right. So you are in the process of putting together a, a real life, like life size model. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so when do you anticipate that to be completed so that we can have you back and maybe like in your studio so you can stand beside it and things like that? Yeah, um, if the drawing goes right in a, the in a, month, a month, I will have uh, the drawing completed, hopefully, and then um, and then fabrication. I uh, I was already in touch with the with the guy um, doing the three printing for me, and I told him, I'm sorry, uh, other stuff to do. I um, I have to cost <laughs> a month, and no, but everything is everything is ready for this for this moment and. Uh, and then it's also the moment of truth to what oh yes will yeah it work, will it work directly or uh is there more development needed possible right uh, but uh yeah as soon as i have something to show you um 
You're the oh, first one. We'll have to. Yes. <laughs> well, I might not be the first person, but I would love to be one of the people. So what are your kids and how old are your kids and what do they think about all those robotic to, uh, projects of yours? Uh, the, uh, my, my big one is uh, seven. He's becoming eight soon. And, uh, and the small one is three. Oh, and, perfect. Uh, and they're also a little bit into cy cycling. The big one, he became a, we um, received from his grandfather just a week ago, a 24-inch uh, mountain bike. Um, oh, nice. Because he was, he's growing so fast. So he has... Uh, <laughs> I know, hey, you're like... <laughs> abandoned his 20-inch mountain bike. And, and the small one, he's still in this, uh, it's like, yeah, it's a kid's bike without... Like a pedal. little strider? This is a strider. The little kick bikes? Yeah, yeah, yeah but, you're, but he's very, um, yeah, he's completely into this. Uh, he, he loves it. <laughs> oh, that's great. So what do they think and about your, your, the robotic stuff? The... I guess for them, it's somewhat of a natural thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nowadays, right? It's kind of like, because there's yeah. a lot more out there. Yeah, so do you... They tend to give me advice as to do it like this or do it like that. And um, That's and, great. <laughs> <laughs> the old one he gets into 3d modeling now he, <gasps> so it's um it's a battle when i when i'm i don't know <laughs> calculating something on my big computer and on my laptop i have to i have to write an email and and he is dead and oh daddy let's do the thing with the, <laughs> with the modeling and oh, okay then, I, yeah <laughs> once, once he wants that i i I have to let him do it. <laughs> well, yeah. Sometimes when they're super interested in something like that, it's like, okay, put it set aside time. But that is exciting because uh, it looks like he might just follow in your footsteps. No, there's still a time until uh, he has to take a decision. But why not if he wants? He's, uh, yeah, and, and, and some stuff he's pretty talented and uh, could be useful in the stuff I'm doing. <laughs> Well, I mean, look who his dad is, right? Like, <laughs> probably gonna, he's going to have all the talent. So, all right. So where can everybody find you? Where's the main per place to watch as you progress through this? Are you going to be putting like updates? Or are you going to just put it out there when it's done? No, I have to, um, I have to, uh, I have to go through some main uh, milestones, I would say, mm -hmm. and, and uh, it doesn't need to be completely finished, but um, some yeah, milestones need to be completed and then I can, I can show more. Uh, the, the thing is that, um, yeah, it's, as it is for now, a private project uh, with very yeah. little funding. Lately, yeah, I yeah. funding from the from the government. Uh, that was cool, so I could, can pay all the three printed parts with this money. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, time wise, and uh, and all the construction time uh, is not funded. So I I do it when I have when I have time. And uh, yeah, of uh, course. My my success with it is that I haven't abandoned it uh, in all the years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it is a great success, you have all the contacts as well. Yeah, no, 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 no um, I, I'm confident that um, soon there will be something, something nice to show. <laughs> Excellent. Well, so Instagram is where I found you. Is that the main place for everybody to watch you? 
Oh yeah, right now I would say Instagram. Yeah, it's uh, Stefan S T E P H A N dot Henrich, and that's written H E N R I C H, and this is my Instagram account. Yeah, the robotics design and architecture, and uh, and uh, I have a homepage, but that's not really up to date. Uh, I need to. I want to do a new one. But, uh, that. <laughs> that's where you get the seven-year-old on. Okay, honey, <laughs> I need you to get into web design. <laughs> Oh, daddy. Well, thank you so much, Stefan. I am super excited about seeing the final product and I will um, continue to reach out to you. And I hope this was cool for our listeners to go in. I highly recommend, as I mentioned, to uh, watch this on YouTube so that you can actually, you know, see the the miniature prototype that uh, Stefan was showing and also to make sure you follow him and follow podcasts and sign up for our newsletter so you never miss episodes like this as well as gaining some cycling tips from me so with that have an amazing day everyone thank you so much for making the time for me and uh we'll see you on the next episode thank you sebi it was a pleasure thank you everyone for attending bye All right, friends, what did you think about that bike? I know that you can't see it because you might be listening, but it is certainly worth, of course, you can see the picture of the bike on the thumbnail. I'm going to YouTube and actually watching it. There is no YouTube channel that he's created um, to take a look at this robotic bike. Now, again, right now he is in the process of drawing it up and putting it a life-size model together to test it and just you know keep your eye on this podcast we're going to have him back um probably in the fall uh, i suspect it'll take a while to put it together um and get somebody on it testing but i'm super excited i think it's so revolutionary and um exciting and different and I'm really curious about seeing how it works. And through talking with Stefan, I can totally see how everything works together. And it's super interesting. I didn't expect him to have a biking background, but it totally makes sense um, coming from mountain biking to BMX to gravel. And there you have it, a bike that reflects a lot of those, um, a lot of those elements. So with that, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter so you don't miss an episode and you gain some great cycling tips link is in the bio do that right now and make sure you follow him and have yourself an amazing day